Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. Patrick, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Andy. How are you doing today? I'm hanging in there, man. I'm doing good. <laughs> you got any big plans? No, not really. <laughs> nope. Anything new just, going on? No, I'm just I'm just here to record a podcast with you. That those are my mm. plans. That's all what's the plans up. you have. Have you gone to a yeah. pumpkin patch yet? I have gone to a pumpkin patch, yeah. <laughs> uh, we went to one earlier this week, <laughs> and I can't remember what the name of it is, but it was pretty cool. It was in like yeah, either South Jordan or Riverton. <laughs> one of those two places. <laughs> Apparently I was like completely drunk or something when we went to this because I don't remember yeah. anything about its location or name, but I do remember it was a good time. <laughs> what were... <laughs> <laughs> what were its features did it have really good uh did it have a corn maze did it have uh yeah I mean, obviously it had pumpkins right it had some pumpkins it did have a corn maze and like a little haunted house walkthrough thing which was kind of combined with a corn maze hmm. um which i appreciated um you know it was a good experience patrick nice well congrats to you congrats to Thanks. who we went to with the who you went with <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let they, them know. I'll, I'll, I was going to say, they I'll probably remember more than you do, so that's good. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I was just, you know, drunk on excitement, Patrick. I yeah. didn't pay attention to all the details, but... Drunk on apple spice cider or something like that? Exactly, yeah. But I would recommend if there's a pumpkin patch near you, go to it. doesn't matter what it is or if you remember what the name is. It's all about getting some pumpkins. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna do. We're gonna do that tonight. You are probably after this. I might take the uh, take the kiddos over to a pumpkin patch. That is awesome. That's a good thing, Patrick. I'm proud yeah. of you. Yeah, it's it's uh, August what fifteenth, <laughs> yeah. and we haven't done it yet. So I feel like I'm not I'm not being a good Halloween time host did, did for my did family. You... Did you mean to say August 15th? Did I say August 15th? <laughs> yeah. October. It's October 15th. We recorded this a long time ago, Andy. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. We're like three months. We record three months ahead of time just so we have, you know, enough time to edit these things. No, I think it's the other way around. We're actually a time traveling podcast where we record in the past. <laughs> we, <laughs> we record in the past with all the hindsight of the future. It's it's oh, a groundbreaking new format. Oh, that would be so cool. Like that would it's gonna o- be cool. <laughs> it's October fifteenth. Yeah. Then we go back into the we go back to the future or back in time. Not mm-hmm. to the future, but back in time. To August fifteenth and record it. Yeah. And then we go back to October fifteenth and then we release the episode that we recorded <laughs> from October fifteenth. <laughs> the same day we recorded it in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could we get a lot of episodes done that way too. That'd be pretty weird. Why would we do yeah. that? Why wouldn't we just record it on October fifteenth and release it on October fifteenth? <laughs> I don't know. Every podcast, has, every podcast has has a gimmick, right, Patrick? Yeah. Um, that's our gimmick. 
It would be cooler if we went into the past and released it back then. Yeah, from the future? From the past. What do you mean from the past? <laughs> if it's, so wait, we... <laughs> we, we, it's October 15th here, right? We have all, like you said, we have all the knowledge of October 15th. Uh-huh. Then we go back to August 15th, record a podcast and release it back then, right? Oh, okay. And then fly back up to October 15th. And we look like we can predict the future. Because we can. We lived it already. That's true. Okay, I get you now. That That's a pretty good idea. I think that would be great. Yeah. So um, if anyone's working on that time machine, we have a great use for it. Yeah, as soon as you get the time machine, we're, we got a podcast idea for you. Yeah, <laughs> just let us know. It's going to kill it. <laughs> Everything needs like a killer app, right? The killer yeah. killer reason to use it, and that is the reason to make a time machine is so we can do our Design Much podcast. If we could get a time machine and do the, what do we call it Design Much? What do we call it? What do we call it? Uh, like, <laughs> like I'm thinking like Terminator 2 where he goes back, you know, to kill himself or whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. Kill the other guy. Uh-huh. Uh, it'd be like the Terminator design podcast or something. Okay. If you we could call it, we could call it trends of tomorrow. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll just talk about design trends from the, from the previous year and beat all of the blogs. Cause all the blogs are going to start coming out next month. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. 2021 design trends. We can we can beat them all because we live in the future. We go back in time and beat them by this a year. This is true. Now we're going to run into a problem, Patrick, when we do this, because when we tell <laughs> the world about these design trends early, we're going to be changing the future. So when we return back to October, the world will probably have already gone through these design trends, and there'll be new ones, um, or they'll see these design trends and say those are horrible, you know, without having lived through the process of how a design becomes a trend Mm -hmm. and they're just going to reject them. So we might actually end up, you know, not predicting the future. So what you're saying, changing the future, what I hear you saying, and just to clarify what you're saying here, (laughs) we could take design trends from 2020, go back to 2019, record a podcast about design trends from 2020 that actually Mm -hmm. happened, right? Mm-hmm. release it in 2019 then we get back in our time machine come back to 2020 and dinosaurs are roaming the earth is that what you're exactly trying to say? exactly we're gonna there's gonna be a butterfly effect because of what we're doing <laughs> hmm 2020 feels like that already happened <laughs> like somebody somebody went back in time and then came back and there's a virus. They brought in this virus. <laughs> that might exactly be why this year is so crazy. I think we just cracked it, dude. <laughs> was it Joe Rogan? Did Joe Rogan do that? Was he the one that went back in time, released a podcast, probably... and ruined ruined 2020 for everyone? <laughs> probably. I think so. We can blame him. That's cool. I'm good with that. <laughs> it's always his fault. That's a great topic, time travel. Do we have a do we have another topic in the uh, topic generator? Design trends twenty twenty one. I think Plaid's coming back. We have one of those. You think Plaid is coming back? <laughs> <laughs> I think twenty twenty one is going to have a lot of Plaid. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> plaid buttons, Plaid backgrounds. Um, uh, 
we're gonna have to do an episode Patrick where we do to go over the design trends but they're gonna just be completely off you know like they're just gonna be completely wrong so I, I like that I think we should probably do that every year um, so when do the, all the articles come out is it usually December or November it's for usually, the, the next years yeah it usually starts end of November probably early December into January all right top 10 all trends right. design trends for they're all the same too right <laughs> like there'll be an article that's like top 10 graphic design trends and it's ex- it's like it's like a copy and paste article for top 10 UX trends yeah yeah and i i don't honestly read those so i don't know what they entail exactly but yeah every year it's gradients are back and we're like dude they've been back for four years already (laughs) but they're back again they're still back and your drop shadows this year they're going to be deeper than they were last year yeah yep yeah what is our topic it's not really trends of 2021 right no no it's not Nobody has sent in that topic. So we we'll should to do. On. We should do. Uh, we do that episode in December where we predict it before it happens. Okay. Not that yeah. we actually went in time, but we could just be like the top ten trends that we think are going to take over twenty twenty one. Oh, I'm going to be really good at that. <laughs> We're like buttons. Everybody's going to have buttons. Let's <laughs> go. Lots of buttons. I like that. Let's do it. Minimalism. We'll, we'll plan that out. I love how we having we're having our planning session, um, our episode planning session. Yeah, it's here. behind the scenes, so. huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Andy. What's 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 the uh, what's the mighty topic today? All right. So it looks like Patrick. Our topic today comes from friend of the show Trey Winterton. Old Trey. He was on. He was on the pod. He was, and. Out of the goodness of his heart, he also sent us uh, a pretty great topic. So we're going to go over that today. Nice. Uh, so, so Patrick, Trey's topic today, he, he wrote in to say, I'd love to hear the debates on internships and free work versus waiting for someone to give you a shot. Also, he, he mentioned oh, PS. you would like to know ways. We what got was a, that? Yeah, we, we got, got a PS. PS. Yeah. Yeah, he snuck another one in there. Um, typical tray, um, but he, he also said ways <laughs> ways to stand out. <laughs> ways to stand out. Uh, hmm. Yeah. So along the lines of, of of yeah, getting that new job here. That goes that goes into plaid. We talked about plaid earlier. I think ways to stand out is wearing plaid. I'd love to see tray. I'd love to see tray in a kilt. Go in for an interview or something. Yeah, I think I would probably um, hire somebody with a kilt. I could see that for sure. <laughs> um, internship and free work versus waiting for your shot. Yes. Is that is that really versus each other? It might be. You know, like if. If I am a junior designer, you know, fresh in the field, I could pursue getting internships or pursue getting free work, right? Kind of going the free route 
you know, not considering a paid internship. Or I could just wait and not do any of those and just wait for a company to give me a real grown-up job. Okay. So you here's here's the scenario, Andy. You are working at Holiday Gas Station. You're mm-hmm. filling up the Slurpee machine. That's a 7-Eleven. Sorry, I'm just mixing up everything now. You're, <laughs> you're putting donuts away. You've gone to UX boot camp. You've gone to college. doesn't matter. You're looking for a job. Now you can do one of two things. You can just you can just do that and then just apply for jobs, right? And hope somebody gives you a shot mm-hmm. or you can do some free work on the side to build your portfolio so that you can get a job, right? Which one would you rather so. do? <laughs> do nothing and wait for the job to come, okay. Patrick. Okay, obviously. Okay. Which one are you supposed to do? <laughs> okay, better better question. <laughs> I know the one you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, I think, in itself is a good point. Um, I should probably be getting internships and offering free work. Um, that's my thought, but I'm, I'm wondering, Patrick, why would you say that? Is there anything? I'm going to ask you, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you a question to answer your question that you asked me. Okay. Is there anything wrong with doing free work? Is there anything wrong with doing free work? So I would say, um, off the top of my head, no. Um, I think the only reason if, if that people might think that free work is wrong is if that is kind of demeaning or lowering the value of UX design or the design work that you're doing or any type of work that you're doing. So if anybody can just get a lot of free work, um, then they're not going to actually pay professionals to do the job. Yeah. That's, that might be one reason why people think that would harm um, that experience. But at the same time, I think you're going to pay what you get for. So if you pay nothing, the quality of work isn't probably going to be super great. Um, If you pay a lot more, the quality of work is going to be obviously a lot better. So um, I would say to answer your question, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing something for free. Yeah. But I have never, I've heard the argument about free work before. I've heard designers talk about how it devalues our profession mm-hmm. and it devalues the, the, the artiste, the designer it devalues all that kind of stuff. When you're first starting out, like you need a portfolio. And there's only one way to get a portfolio, and that is to do work. But you you find yourself in a chicken and the egg situation, right? It's like mm-hmm. you got to start doing the work to get experience, but nobody's going to pay you to do the work because you don't have any experience, right? It's that old conundrum. Um, yep. Design, unlike other professions, you can do work without having a job, right? It's one of those things where it's like, it's a skill. I have the ability to do it. Um, I can go out and, and help people out and build a portfolio at the same time, right? Like you can do essentially, it's not pro bono work, but it's free work, right? And when you're starting out, like what better way, what better way to get experience than just doing it, right? There's no reason why you shouldn't do it, yeah. especially starting out. Um, yeah, I, I think finding free work, and it doesn't have to be, 
you know, it doesn't have to be redesigning people's logos. It doesn't have to be whatever. Like, I think most people know somebody who, you know, somebody in their families, a friend of theirs, it's got a website that's got something going on and you can offer to redesign it. Hey, I'll redesign mm-hmm. your website for you. I can do some trade work. You can do trade work too. You can be like, Hey, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, your uncle owns a, a lawn mowing company, you know, needs a good website because his old website just looks like crap because he did like a Wix template or something like that. You could be like, hey, I'll, I'll redesign this for you. I'll, I'll update your thing. And then you just come mow my lawn all summer. You know, like trade works fine, too. But when you're starting out, like I think yeah. you need to be creative and work that out. And there's I think that that's that's going to be way better and more motivating for you than sitting around you know, working your day job and that's it. Waiting for somebody to hire you. Because you don't have work. Yeah, You've got student think, work, maybe, but no professional work. Yes. And I, the problem with student work is all of the other students that you graduated with all have the exact same projects. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the exact same projects. And I've like, I've, you know, been in interviews where we've interviewed like a bunch of, you know, young designers and they all show the, literally the project they, they all worked on together. Like, oh, you worked with that person, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> so in terms of answering uh, Trey's last question, ways to stand out is you'll be able to see, um, in, you know, in comparison to your, your peers that you graduated with, graduated with, they'll be able to see actual projects that you've done on your own, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and to to your point about the when you have student work and they're all the same. Like we've we've sat in those things. This is what I always thought was funny about those is you 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 interview junior designers, they're all coming out kind of at the same time. They're all coming out of their program whether it be like the university. Like this is this is this is no knock on just boot camps. This is universities too. But like they'll come out and they'll mm-hmm. have their group projects, right? Which don't even exist in the real world, which is hilarious, but they come out with a group project with their website, like, and and I did one, you know, I had the same, I had the same situation, but <clears throat> they're like, yeah, we, I read, I redid Cotopaxi's website, you know, and then the next person comes in and goes, I did read, you know, I redid Cotopaxi's website. The next person comes in, it's like, <laughs> I redesigned Cotopaxi's website. And then every time I loved asking them, like, well, what was your role? This was obviously a group project. So what was your role in that? And they're like, oh, I led the design. I did this, I did this, like, and then you go to the next person. It's like, well, what was your role? And they're like, I led the design. I did this, I did this. And then you go to the next person. It's like, I led the design. It's like, it's like, no, in a group project, we all know how group projects work. There's one person that does all the work. That's the person we want to hire, right? Not the, not the other two that just kind of strung themselves along claiming they they led the project uh yeah that's true and and they even show like that those projects the final ui you have no idea if they came up with that um if they are the ones that tested it or yeah you don't know like who did what no clue it's never clear yeah yeah in terms of standing out free works makes you stand out especially as a junior designer I also think that that makes you um, look like um, somebody who is very, um, like, geared to go. Like, you you haven't just sat around waiting for a job. 
you look like somebody who's really excited about doing UX design, somebody who's excited about solving problems, you know, versus those people that, that might be sitting at the gas station still that, you know, just have their school stuff on their, their portfolio. Um, they look more like a go-getter, mm-hmm. um, for lack of a better phrase right now, than other individuals might. So you might be more excited about that person because of um, how much they're putting into their their career. And you could see they might want to put that much into the job they do as well. That might translate into um, they might go above and beyond as a designer. Um, you know, who knows? But they look like they might. So I think that'll also help them stand out a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, they, 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 they seem more passionate. They seem more passionate about yeah. the design if they're... Like people who really love something do it and don't worry about getting paid for it, right? And so like when you when you meet people they're like, Oh man, I made this icon set and I threw it up on, you know, something to see if anybody bought it. Nobody bought it, whatever. I you know, I I did these I did this whole series of dribble experiments. I did a website for my brother in law, I made a logo for my my daughter's, you know, babysitting, whatever. Like when you see that kind of thing, even though they're like these small, like weird sort of projects, you know, that person is is wanting to get into the industry versus the person who just goes, Mm -hmm. I went to, I went to, you know, I went to UVU or I went to the university of Utah. Here's all my projects from school. You know, it's like, did they do anything else or were they forced to do it? Right. So I don't know. It's hard, you know, like when you're, when you're hiring, you, you want to hire self-starters, you know, you want to hire people that know how to get going and know how to find projects and ask a lot of questions and are curious and passionate about their, about their craft. And so I think that just makes you look, I just think that makes you look really good when you come in to interview. Yeah. Now, Patrick, have you ever been approached, um, in, in terms of getting an internship, um, I know like some companies will put um, internship um, positions up right in their careers page. Um, have you ever been approached, you know, for anybody who just wants to get an internship, just asked you straight up, like, do you guys offer internships? Like um, if you want to work at a company and you don't see they have internship positions, um, what would you recommend they do? Um, yeah, go shadow, shadow with the company and then, mm-hmm. and then ask them. Yeah. Like, do you have any internships coming up or do you have any, I think, I think most companies, a lot of companies are, are pretty willing and open to have like a summer internship position, you know? So mm-hmm. springtime, you know, you know, late winter, spring is probably a good time to, to ask people if they've got internships going, but I've, yeah, I've been asked, um, you know, at Canopy, we, I, I would get asked every spring. I'd get people reaching out to me on LinkedIn or, you know, whatever, you know, saying, hey, I'm looking for an internship. Do you guys do internships, design internships? And I'd be like, I don't really know yet. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, you get people that are like friends of designers. Like um, a bunch of times I would get people that were like friends of other designers who were in, a, you know, people I worked with, coworkers, like over in, you know, sales or whatever. They'd come over to me and are like, hey, my, my brother, my cousin, you know, my wife, my girlfriend, my husband they're in a UX boot camp or whatever, and they're graduating soon. Or do you have any internships or anything like that? Even free hmm. um, that they could do for a little bit to get some experience. <clears throat> so yeah, that's happened before. And we've accommodated that. 
a couple of times, you know, because internships are pretty, I think yeah. internships are re- really valuable. Um, you know, I think for both parties. So, the, okay. you know, you can get a lot of decent experience. If you haven't worked in the industry, it's a great way to like, you know, learn how the industry works. And then, and then it's also a good way for the, for the company to get some work. That's not necessarily the most expensive work ever, you know? So mm-hmm. I think they're good. Yeah, that's great. I think, I think you're way better off. Even if you, even if you could take a free internship and, and still work your job, you know, your job over a holiday, like if you can work your job over a holiday and then work out some kind of part-time internship or something like that with a company, like even if it was free, that would be, you know, that's, that's amazing to have on your resume. I mean, that's, that's something you throw on your LinkedIn profile that you're a designer over at, you know, work front or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that'll, that again, that'll help you stand out a lot. Like if that's on your resume, it's on your LinkedIn, they're going to see that you are actually practicing, like you're doing design. It might be, you know, you might be doing a really small, like eh, maybe you're redesigning some icons or something might be something small, but at least you are, you know, in there doing it and you are, you know, professionally doing it in in some sort of way. So I think that would definitely help um, somebody stand out Mm -hmm. over others who, um, don't have that, you know, direct experience. So the best, the best part, Andy, Um, the best part about doing the whole trace question, you know, doing free work internship versus waiting. The best part about doing free work internship, that kind of thing is the networking part. That's going to be the most valuable thing you're going to get out of it. Sure. You're going to get some portfolio experience or some portfolio stuff. You're going to get experience, but you're going to get, um, in doing free work in getting an internship, in doing all that stuff, you're going to meet people in the industry. You're going to work with people in the industry and those people in the industry will hire you in the future, right? If not hire you now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the best part is networking because you can't, you can't just, you, you can't just build your portfolio and then wait for people to, to find you, you know, sitting over a holiday. Like, like, like Andy, when you're managing a team and you go in and you know you drive into holiday and you see a guy behind the counter <laughs> like you, are you going to walk up to him and be like hey uh are you a ux designer like you a budding ux designer like you have glasses on are you a budding ux designer you know and he'd be like oh yeah you found me like that doesn't happen right like this isn't a star is born you know you just don't uncover things like this right so i think i think you, you have Patrick? to network <laughs> So are you are you telling me, Patrick, that you don't like you don't see a whiteboard somewhere and you just leave up some really complex design problem, hoping somebody <laughs> would just come and solve it? Yeah. You don't do that. Like, no, no, you don't. No. You don't maybe get your, maybe your, we your, should, though. Your, you should. You should get a whiteboard marker, go up to a holiday gas station and <laughs> write up some some really complex problem and see if they can figure <laughs> it out. See if they can go do some user interviews and come back with some wireframes and they could just put them right there. They got all those glass, they got the glass on the front of the, the front of the convenience store. I could just walk in there yeah. and just draw <laughs> like, like draw a, a half, like half of a workflow mm-hmm. and then leave the other half. And then when the janitor comes in that night, he'll, he'll write the other, you know, he or she will write the other thing. And then I'll come in the next morning and be like, who did this? And the, the cashier's going to yeah. be like, that's, 
That's that's our janitor, and you'd be like, "Oh, it's so genius! I got to take this person under the wing, under my wing." <laughs> that's one way to do it. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> that's definitely a way you can find you know fresh. That's talent. how mathematicians are found, right, Andy? That's how we know from the documentary that's exactly, Good Will Hunting. Yeah, that's that's exactly how um, the the top mathematicians, mathematicians, not mathematicians, I like mathematicians are found. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we designers refer to him as mathematicians well the cool part is is when matt damon when he in that documentary you know when matt damon solved that mathematician problem and then mm-hmm. robin williams took him under his wing the cool part was is later on in the future when matt damon was this big successful mathematician he was able to go back to boston and then hook his buddy ben affleck up with the batman gig yeah. That's called networking, Andy. That's how it works. It's networking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to pay it forward, man. Free work. Although I, I just free work. Would you Sorry, would you ahead. would you do free work now, Andy? Um, 6 years deep into your professional you know, career or however long you've been doing this, 19 years, whatever it is. I think it I th- <laughs> 19 years. That's it. You guessed it. 19 years. I think free work is good. Even now, like it, it gives you an opportunity to practice. Um, I think now, like we're, we're always, you know, very, you know, deep and focused on the stuff we're working on now, you know, as, as paid professionals and, you know, you, you don't get a lot of opportunities to think of a different problem to solve to think outside of that box of what you've been living in. Um, so I definitely wouldn't frown on it. Um, at the same time, I think you can also have opportunities to get paid to do that work too. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to do freelance or on the side stuff. Um, I think you, you should do free work if you um, think that individual needs free work. If you're doing a favor for somebody or if you're doing it for a good cause, you should absolutely do some free work. I think... You can also consider getting paid for that work too. I don't think there's a problem with that. If you have the expertise and you're spending, you know, plenty of time doing that work, um, there's nothing wrong, you know, getting some extra stuff, extra monies yeah. for that work, Patrick. Extra cheddar. Yeah. As they say in the streets of Provo, extra cheddar. <laughs> the streets of Provo. The mean streets. What about, yeah. uh, speaking about, Hustling on the street corner and get some extra cheddar. What about side gigs, Andy? Are they good to have? Does does a side gig does a side gig make you stand out more? I think it. I think it might. Um, I, I think it would kind of depend. Like I think side gigs kind of help us understand like what a designer's passion might be, like. Um, if a UX designer like doesn't get to do a lot of like a ton of visual design and they wanted to do side gigs where they can do more visual design or they could do more animation or something like that. Like if I'm looking at a resume and I see side gigs, I see like, oh, this person might be really passionate about this um, or they, they want to keep exploring or getting better at design. Um, I, I think side gigs are great. Um, I think that. If you're not burning yourself out as a designer, you know, doing extra work on the side, you're not, you're not, you're giving yourself enough time to relax and have that downtime. Um, 
I'm I'm all for it as long as you're I guess as long as your company's cool with it too. <laughs> but but yeah, I think it's interesting to see um, the the side things that designers are working on, and I think it also makes their portfolio more diverse too. It's not just you know here's the same five projects I've worked on that are all very similar because I've worked for the same company or something. I, you could see like all of this extra stuff that a designer has worked on. Um, I think it's, I think it's interesting to have that stuff. What are your thoughts on that, Patrick? Um, yeah, I have another question before. Do you, do you, <laughs> before you answer? Yeah. My... Yeah. <laughs> do you, um, do you think that could be potentially a red flag though? Like they're not going to focus on yes. the work that you want them to focus on. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of what I meant by like, if, if you see they're doing side gigs and you see maybe they're doing a lot of side gigs, you might you might think that they don't give themselves enough time to relax, <laughs> to like get their job done and also like be able to have the downtime to recharge to get their job done. So I think there's two sides to that sword, Patrick. Um, but I, I, there's definitely good and bad to that for mm-hmm. sure. That's, that's what I worry about sometimes. I think side gigs are interesting. Um, I think I think when you I think when you talk to people and you interview people, it does show a lot of passion. But as a manager, mm-hmm. one of the things I've learned with people who do do who do do side gigs side gigs I can't talk. Um, there's been a couple times when the side gig is is their focus and not the job that you're paying them to do. You know, sure. <clears throat> so they're they're spending forty hours a week on their side gig. And 15 hours a week on, on their 40 hour a week job, <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is bad. Right. Cause then they're just like, they're just like, you're just a cash cow at that point for them to maintain their side gig. So you do have to be careful. You have to kind of watch out for those. I don't think most people are like that though. I think that's, I think that's a small use case of people. Um, yeah, but I think side gigs are good. I've, I think my whole career I've had, little side gigs you know we've had this podcast um which makes us it makes us a ton of money i don't know why we haven't quit our day jobs yet but um yeah (laughs) but you know early on i did i did themes for like wordpress sites and help people with wordpress stuff for a while and then i've I've taught you know for a little bit i've done classes um you know i've tried to have something interesting going on outside of your day-to-day for the exact reason that you were talking about which is like your day job not is not like it gets kind of stale sometimes right and it's like i need to go out and grow a little bit and find something else that's interesting to me and maybe even learn a new thing or something like that you know and kind of pick it up but i but i i've always tried to be really careful about how much time that other side gig is going to take away from my day job. Cause I don't want it to, to ruin that. Right. I want to be respectful of, you know, people who are paying me to do the job. So, but yeah, I think, I think it does yeah. make you stand out for sure. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, my history with side gigs, like I've done a couple things here or there on the side. Um, and I like, I've gotten myself burned out before where I'd like kind of stay up late <laughs> working on stuff <laughs> trying to make it perfect because it's like, you know, it's my own thing. Um, and I've I've gotten too tired um, doing that sort of stuff. So I personally, you know, it depends on what you can do as a designer. 
I think you really still need to give yourself that time to recharge. Like if, if you're, if your recharge time is like doing design stuff on the side, that's one thing. Right. But, um, I, I was like burning myself out doing that. So I, I stopped doing side gig side stuff. Um, mm-hmm. just so I could focus on when I'm not working, I could just hang out and just re- relax and recharge. Cause I think that's really important for you to be a good person, you know, to the people around you as well as for your job. So definitely keep that in mind. I think when you're doing side gig stuff. <laughs> um, one other thing that came to mind as you were talking about that, uh, doing the side gigs and getting burned out. One thing that came to mind about standing out another good way. I think you can, you can devote some time, stand out in the community that's, you know, that you live in is volunteering for community. There's always like design communities everywhere, not just Utah, but San Francisco, Colorado, Austin, all over the world. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. They, there's, there's a, there's a ton of meetups going on, even if they're virtual right now, there's a ton of meetups going on. There's a ton of community groups, a lot of Slack groups. Um, And those, those groups are all free. Like, you know, people are not charging for these things. And so, uh, from a perspective of running these things, you know, before and, 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 you know, we've, we've done meetups and stuff too. I think it's really, that's a really good way to stand out is to volunteer. Like, even if it's volunteering for like, Hey, I'll come and, you know, if you're videotaping it, videotaping the meetup, I'll come and, and hold the, hold the camera, whatever. I'll come help set up chairs. Yeah. I'll bring, you know, refreshments. I'll do, you know, anything like that. Anything that that's related to the design industry where you can, meet other people and help out that way. That's a huge way to stand up or stand out. Cause I've seen a lot of people in here in Utah that have done that and it's, it's really boosted their careers. Right. Just even like, just even like volunteer to host meetups, set up chairs, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like you get to know, you get to know a lot of people that by doing that and you get to, you get to network and you get to, you know, they see you volunteering for community events and that's, generally most people see that as a positive not a negative you know so that's another mm-hmm. way you can stand out in your community that doesn't really require you to stay up all night and like work on a project but mostly it's you know showing up on a on a wednesday afternoon maybe or thursday evening and you know and then going home and so it's a good way to stand out yeah that for sure is um and Honestly, like if let's say you're in an interview, you're a, a, a young designer, and if this isn't the first time you've met those people, or this isn't the first time they've seen you, um, if you've been part of the community, engaging with the community, they'll like know who you are. They'll know that oh, this is this isn't a person that, like this isn't exactly a stranger to me, right? Mm-hmm. And that I think will absolutely give you um, a leg up um, um, compared to other designers out there that maybe aren't you know contributing to the community. Um, and plus kind of echoing what you said, it's also just really fun to do. Like you, you get to like take some time away, um, you know, from your daily life to just like do an event that'll help people out that'll like, um, help you learn as a designer, help other people learn. So I think it's, it's, it's really fun to do. It's a great way to network. Um, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, definitely look for ways to volunteer there because it's awesome to do. If you're the person that picks up pizza for an event. And you're, you just, you purposely like are a couple minutes late. Like you're a hero. Yeah. Like you're, you're like a God at these events, man. You show up, you're like, 
five minutes late. Where's the pizza? Where's the pizza? And then you show up with the pizza. Everybody's going to know who you are. You might be the guy yes. that showed up late with the pizza, but you got the excuse. Ah, oh, it's traffic, whatever. Nobody's going to take it personal. But you're the, but you're the, you're the, so when you go into an interview, you know, you're interviewing at some place, you know, you're over at plural side or work front or something like that. You show up. Now you got something like, hey, you're the guy that brought in the pizza at the last meetup event I was in. You must be a good designer. We, we were all super worried that the reason why we came here, we were here to get the pizza. We were all super worried it wasn't going to come. And, Yes, your face is attached to that moment of relief. Yeah. So, yeah, take this job. Take my money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Volunteer to speak at these meetups, too. A lot of these meetups are small, so there's not like, you know, it's not like you're speaking in front of a ton of people. But um, yeah, that's a that's a good way to stand out. I mean, Trey, he's done that before. He's, you know, he knows all about standing out a little bit. He's done that a few times at different events. Um. This is you know, true. locally. So I think, yeah, I think, I think using his example, like that's a good, that's a good way to do it too. And it doesn't have to be anything crazy. You know, you don't have to do some big spiel on, you know, some big Ted talk thing on revolutionizing design thinking. Just, just do a talk or, you know, something on the stuff that you do every day, what lessons you've learned. It's easy. Yeah. I mean, revolutionizing design thinking would definitely help. In terms of standing out, Patrick, that would help. If you come up with the next idea, that would be really great. So Does that really stand that's out? That's definitely the best way to stand Does out. Does that really stand out? Because like, if you get on LinkedIn, there's a dude doing it right now. Somebody's somebody's writing a, <laughs> a pamphlet or a Medium article or a book or something and hawking it right now on LinkedIn about changing the way people design. But if yeah, you came there's, out... There's plenty of people talking about it, yeah. Patrick. You'd have to actually do it. Yes. I've always found it. So. I've always found the people that stand out are the more refreshing people to just come in and talk about something simple, like their process of doing user research or something. That sure. stuff's always more refreshing to me. But I mean, that's fine too. I just think like if you are a designer that invented time travel, <laughs> you're going to stand out the most. Yeah. So I, I think there's two options. There's two takeaways, Patrick. <laughs> uh, you should do free work, look for an internship, um, you know, like be part of the community, or you can stand out by inventing something that's going to change the whole world. So option two is probably going to do it way better, but it's, you know, yeah. it's kind of hard. Yeah. It's true. That might be a little harder. I'm still, but if you can, I'm still working on my option too. But see, you could do this pretty easily, really. Like if you if you just invented a time machine, that's all you did, right? Just just invent a time machine, then then go back in time, and 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 get a job with uh, Zuckerberg early on in Facebook, right? And then <laughs> and then make Facebook a really really horrible application. Like purposely designed it to be really awful, like really early on. Then you could destroy Facebook, and then you come back into the future, and then our world would be more pleasant, right? And then you could get a okay. job as a product designer. <laughs> that works too. You go into your interview and you say, "Hey, do you remember? Do you remember Facebook?" And the people are like, "What? No. What? What is? What are you talking about?" And you're like, it was this horrible thing that was going to destroy the universe. I went back in time. 
I did such a horrible job designing it, it died. And now the yeah. world is a much more pleasant place. Well, this is this is an interesting thought because nobody would have memory of that thing that was so horrible that you, you know, destroyed. So you could just start saying this right now, Patrick, without having yeah, to get yeah, yeah. to that time machine. Except except the problem is we would we would be on MySpace and still having a good time on MySpace. So we wouldn't even you know you you'd have to you'd have to actually change change the trajectory of the world. We'd all still have to be friends with Tom for this to work. Yeah, are you saying that's a bad thing though? No, I'm saying that's that's a one that sounds like world friggin' peace to me right now. All right, MySpace. MySpace is world peace. If we <laughs> Think about this, Andy. If you're still if you're still doing some hacky HTML on your top friends list and you're still ranking your friends on MySpace, you know how you remember you could rank your friends on MySpace like this is yeah. my number 1 friend, this is my number 2 friend. If that's the worst we're doing to each other, like this place is a pretty happy, pretty happy existence. <laughs> Who's to say, though, that MySpace wouldn't have eventually turned into Facebook? Tom wouldn't let it happen. He There's wouldn't? There's no way. Threaded discussions would not happen on my, on MySpace. just wouldn't happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it is, you know, from what I've learned from all the time travel media I consumed, whenever you go back in time to try to change something, usually something worse happens. It's always... It's always a bad idea. Yeah. You're not wrong. So I think MySpace probably would have turned into something way worse than Facebook has. Mm-hmm. But maybe. So, you know, we could do time travel. We could do alternate dim- dim- dimensional travel. Um, you know, figure out what, what really you might want to do the, the dimensional travel first to figure out what might happen. It might give you a better idea of how MySpace could turn out, you know, if, if Tom didn't just flounder there, um, then you might want to, <laughs> at that point with that data, when you've done your research, then you might want to, you know, flip the switch on Facebook, mm-hmm. Facebook's death. Yeah. It's prevent, you'd be like the Terminator going back to kill Facebook instead of yourself. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Mark. Maybe Zuckerberg will figure that out. Maybe Zuckerberg right now is working on a time machine to go back and kill himself that night before he starts Facebook because now maybe he like regrets it. <laughs> I don't know. He don't doesn't know. seem to regret it. You know who seems like a Terminator right now is the dude, the Amazon guy. Oh really? He seems like a Terminator, right? <laughs> Have you seen those pictures of him? Like... He's like ripped and he's got the yeah. He's got $97 billion or whatever, and he's got that that uh, vest on. When you have that kind of money, you can afford a real good personal trainer. Turn into, yeah, turn into the Terminator yourself. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I could see that. So he is probably, he's thinking ahead. You know, Bezos is thinking ahead because he knows that his future self or somebody in the future is going to try to come back and kill him at any moment. So he has to be ready. Yeah. He's preparing. <laughs> and Patrick, we should probably all prepare for that. <laughs> for our future selves to come get us? We have to do something. <laughs> we have to <laughs> We have to do something really cool though. 
you know like uh, are you we, are you trying to say that this cool podcast this podcast eventually annihilates the human race so Possible. our future selves are going to come back a couple of years from now and try to kill us from doing this podcast Yes. So I guess that that leaves us with an important choice. Like, Hmm. should we just let ourselves kill ourselves? Because maybe we are creating something bad. And that's not a good thing, Patrick. Should I should I keep not working out, Patrick? Or should I start working out and protect myself? (laughs) Oh, this is a tough choice. Because do you want to fight it? I mean, really, do you want to fight it? If your future self is freaking out of out of his mind crazy jack half robot cyborg whatever <laughs> he's going to come back he's going to keep coming back we know this from the terminator movies they just keep That's coming true. back there more than one, weren't they? <laughs> yeah it's never going to end so you might as well just go be just accept it just be like hey i'm just going to be a weak old sloth and when he comes back to kill me i'm just going to make it easy for him okay Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I just don't know, man. Because the future might be, uh, you know, a horrible radicalized future where they think the way we lived in the past was, you know, bad. When maybe it wasn't. (laughs) I don't know, man. This is just... It's all subjective. What if he's a villain? What if you you turn into a villain later and you're the bad guy, right? Right, Andy? That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, what if, what if my future self, like I get, you know, super bitter about something and yeah, I become the villain. I'm the guy sitting on the chair, um, holding the cat, you know, stroking the cat, um, because something happened to me and then my ideals have changed. So I want to go back and kill past Andy, this nice, (laughs) this, this nice podcasting Andy who was so innocent, um, yeah, you never and know. Then, I, and I then just, take I'm over sure that past life of him. You know, wipe out Andy and then take over him in the past. Never mm. go back into the future and create the villainous world that you want to. Ooh, maybe. Although the future me might be dead because the past me is dead. You know, the paradox problem. Yeah. So you never know. You don't know what's going to happen. Are we writing a new script, a new Hollywood script right now? Is that what we're doing? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds amazing. This sounds better than anything else Hollywood's pumping out. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I would totally watch this movie. By the way, are you going to see Tenet when it comes out? Am I going to see Tenet? You're saying that like I already haven't seen Tenet. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it already. already. Did you you go? Yeah. Was there a local movie theater? Socially distanced, yes. wear your mask and saw it, or did you just buy it online? I went and socially distanced, nice. saw it. <laughs> nice. I haven't been to a movie theater since since January. I had to do it, Patrick. Okay, so was it good? You know, I need to go see it again, <laughs> but it it was really hard to follow. It was like really hard to understand and the music was at some points this is the worst part about it the music was like way too loud and sometimes you could not hear what the characters were saying it was just like so for that reason um as well as like the plot is super hard and complex to follow like way harder than inception 
to follow in terms of you know that complexity um it was it was kind of a, a lower grade for me in terms of a christopher nolan movie yeah however it was really interesting and the things that he was able to pull off i still have no idea how he did that stuff like all the special effects that he did just blows my mind hmm. so um it was mind-blowing in the sense that it was confusing and mind-blowing in the sense that it was an amazing you know marvel to witness so so do you um it's one to watch when when you see a movie like this and then it's it's kind of it has a convoluted story you see it you see the end result that's kind of a convoluted story and 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 maybe some like you brought up some audio issues things like that are you are you are you blaming the director for this or do you can you blame the editor for this oh man with this sort of movie they had to have worked very hand in hand um so the director still from what i understand is still um has final say of what's going on with the edits so the editing could be bad but i wouldn't say the editor is solely at fault for the editing being bad because the director is also directing their editing um so i would still think it comes back onto nolan's shoulders Hmm. in the end okay I just always hear the term, you know, you hear that phrase, I'm paraphrasing, I don't know the exact like quote, but like the editing is when the story, like when the story happens, like that's where you tell the story is in the editing. Like the director is the vision and all that stuff. And then the editor really tells the story, make or break. Sure. I don't know. I could see that. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. But this was like. I think a movie that you might need to see two or three times to fully understand. <laughs> Honestly, it's just, and I don't know if that's just me, if, <laughs> but I've heard a lot of people are like, they have to see it twice. And they're like, Oh, they like miss so many things. Hmm. Um, well, yeah, if you can't hear them, then maybe you got to go in and see it a couple times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now I want to go see it, but, you should. It was it was a really interesting <clears throat> movie. Like Nolan, he takes his stuff so deep. Um, he's he's obsessed with time. He uses time in almost all of his movies as concepts. Yeah. Um, but he took this one extremely deep, and there's so many pieces to this story that I I didn't even notice at the forefront that he's putting in, and so that's why I'm saying like you kind of need to watch it multiple times to really understand what's going on. I think at a basic level. <laughs> honestly but i i would see it um if you if you are a fan of this director and the stuff he's put out um he he you know has given us wonderful movies like some of my favorite movies like the prestige patrick um that movie is like perfect i love that movie i was so i was gonna ask you real quick i mean this turned into design into the movie episode again too but i want to ask you <laughs> yeah um what what are your top t- what, what's your top five chris nolan movies oh you can't do this to me it's top five chris nolan movies okay um the number one for sure is prestige okay i love that movie um i saw memento is that what it's called memento yeah i saw that one time and that that blew my mind and that was his first freaking movie too um in terms of execution that has to be like a number two that was just a crazy movie 
Um, number three, I would say Inception. Okay. Um, number four, I, I'm going to five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the what's the Batman one with the Joker? And is that one the Dark Knight? The Dark Knight. Or is that that's the Dark Knight? Yeah. I would say that's my number four. And my number five was probably um, Man of Steel. Crap, what was the name of that movie? <laughs> <laughs> he did two Man of Steel. He wrote Man of Steel, right? Didn't he write Man of Steel? Are you serious? I'm pretty sure. I don't know if he wrote it was, or uh, maybe maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe he did the story or something. I don't know if he did the screenplay. but Wow. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I fell asleep during that movie. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, I'm looking. uh, Yeah, I can't believe the three you haven't brought up are Tenet, Dunkirk, and Interstellar. Dunkirk. That's what I was searching for. I would say Dunkirk is my number five. And then I would probably put Tenet and then Interstellar after that if I had to keep going. Okay, sounds good. I think I think out of all of the one, I think out of I liked Memento probably the best because it just it just twisted me in half. Yeah. And the Prestige is the, you bring up the Prestige that is just such a cool film. Like it's it just like it's so good all around. You got the you got the plot twists, the the way it was shot, the characters. Like it's it's yeah, that's a pretty amazing, pretty amazing show. Yeah. And it's like it's just a story that like ties itself in a bow so well, yeah. like it just fits on in, on every level. It's so good. So if you are a listener and you haven't seen The Prestige, I, I don't blame you. I think that's okay. But go back and watch it. I'm not going to shame you for not having seen it. But if you um, if you want to stand must. out in the design community, Andy, I would I would say <laughs> you need to know something about The Prestige. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I have that on my <laughs> on my resume yeah, on that I've resume. seen the prestige. prestige. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Andy, should we wrap it up? I think we should. Okay. See you, man. <laughs> See you later. You want to know the best way to support the podcast? And I know you do because you made it to the end of this episode. That is share it. Share it with a coworker, share it with a family member, share it with a friend, share it with whoever you want to, share it with a construction worker, share it with somebody, it doesn't matter. Just share it. Um, a couple more ways to support the podcast though. Go buy a t-shirt over at designmuch.threadless.com and then wear it with pride. And then lastly, to support the podcast, we need your topics use hashtag designmuchtopics on social media or shoot us an email at topics at designmuch.org or just go to designmuch.org contact and fill out the form.